welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie Podcast. I'm April Edmanski, and I'm here today with... Justin the Clue. And Colin Cunningham. And today, we watched two movies that are both slashers that involve little children who are murderers. Well, one of them has ghosts in them, but we're not going to spoil which one that is. It's not the one that you would think. Today, we watched Blood Rage and Sledgehammer. Wait, not the 80s or 90s TV show, I think? No, we did not watch Sledgehammer, the 90s TV show that has an exclamation point at the end of it. And we also did not watch 1980s Blood Rage, which is directed by Joe. Joseph Zito, the director of Invasion USA, Red Scorpion, The Prowler. I know all of these Red Scorpion. Yep, the Dolph Lundgren vehicle. (sighs) Nope, we watch Blood Rage, the one directed by... This Uh, is when you check IMDb, because he only directed two films, and I don't know his name by heart. Grismer? No, it was... John John Grismer. John Grismer. And this was the second and last movie he ever did. He he directed one called Scalpel. That came out in 1977. Yeah. uh, The same year as Star Wars. And uh, I'm sure... (laughs) That was the big year. Yeah. Star Wars and Scalpel. Yeah, it was like... you know, Scalpel came out and he's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Star fucking Star Wars. <laughs> George Lucas was sweating when Scalpel hit he's the like, shelves. Uh, well, we gotta beat the Scalpel movie to the theater. <laughs> we gotta we gotta have it come out in like May. All the 70 millimeter theaters were booked. So <laughs> Had you guys seen this movie before? Uh, Yes. So I think it was about two years ago. Um, I think it was when it got remastered on Blu-ray. It was kind of all over the internet. It kind of was buzzing around the um, movie blogs and whatnot. And uh, we watched it on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. So we looked it up on YouTube. And And it was like a really shitty version, right? It was the worst copy imaginable. Because you guys, while we were watching this film, reacted shocked every time any violence happened on screen. Yeah. Yeah, like I remember it being violent, but I think we watched an edited version. I don't remember anything about the movie, and I certainly would have remembered like people being cut in half. Oh, yeah, it was so amazing. Like, it was incredible. Yeah, it was very good quality. We watched a Blu ray transfer. Well, this is the Arrow video. So, first of all, like Arrow video is having a huge sale this week. So, everything is like $4.99, whatever. And this episode is brought to you by uh, Arrow, Arrow video. video. It's ever. Please give us free stuff. And uh, this is a film that I remember when I used to talk to my friend Adam, who was really into VHS stuff a decade ago. He was obsessed with this film. It was like a lost film. Like, it wasn't available on VHS in any proper version it had like three different versions that are on the arrow blu-ray mm. yeah and the name like when this uh, movie started up it was called slasher yeah it's also called something shadow woods which is like the apartment complex it takes place in and then it was almost called complex complex, complex. <laughs> so what is this movie about april well, it's kind of your classic slasher movie, which I don't think we've really done a slasher yet on uh, this show. No, unless you count Boarding House uh, uh, as a slasher. I don't. No, I don't. That's like a psycho. That's like a, <laughs> a sci-fi psychological thriller. That's like a. It's like a sci-fi slasher. <laughs> Both the movies we watched tonight were slashers. If you can, if you could say that. Ooh, maybe. But the plot is pretty simple. It's about two twins, and when they're kids, one of them four twins. <laughs> I'm seeing. I'm seeing I'm double. double four kids. <laughs> So when they are kids at a drive-in movie theater, one of them commits a crime. He kills a couple of... It's called murder. Uh, yeah. The crime has a name, <laughs> by the way. Um, April has no moral barometer, so like every crime is equal in her yeah. eyes. Yeah, it's like, She's he like is, Judge Dredd. Like some, some would call it a crime. 
we were shocked at this scene because holy shit, it is so graphic. And it's very violent right away. Yeah, so there's these two teenagers, and we're going to say this a lot during this episode. And I, don't by that we mean, I don't think they're teens. They're really young, like late 30-year-olds like, no, um, having sex in the car. <laughs> oh, oh, the people oh, having okay. sex. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about the, the murderer kids. <laughs> no. The twins oh, like, are, having are sex like 10-year-old yeah. boys. The twins were having sex, and one of these evil twins um, just takes a hatchet that I guess he had in the back of the car and just stabs away at the two people having sex, and, and it's gory. It is so graphic. Doesn't it go right through the guy's head or something? No, it's just constantly into his eyes, oh, yeah, his in face, his face. And his like, the so effects gross. are ones that you don't uh, often see in slasher films, which is you'll see somebody's face, huh? and then the wound appear. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure how they pulled that off, but that's not something you usually see because it's very graphic and real that way. Oh, yeah. And they keep cutting back to it mm-hmm. with, you know, shots with the axe in the face mm-hmm. and then like shots without and just blood just spraying out of it and it's so gory. And then the uh, evil twin takes the axe and gives it to the good twin and he's like, oh, you're the murderer. Now. Uh, he just smears he, blood on him. Uh, he did it even though I'm covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the other twin just doesn't say anything and then the whole thing gets blamed on the quiet twin and then we flash forward I believe it was 18 years, right? Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to right, believe yeah. that these people well, actually, are now judging, in their early 20s. Judging by the guy's like hairline I would say yeah. it's about 30, 30 35 years? They're not like in high school, but they're acting like 20-year-olds. So the old twins are uh, played by the same actor, Mark Sopper, and he's actually, he's good in this movie. He's fucking amazing in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want to start like with what we liked. There's a lot of things I liked about this movie, but his performance is definitely like a highlight for me because he not only is able to differentiate between the two twins, but his performance as the evil twin is so like... Casual? <laughs> nonchalant. It's like, he couldn't, like, he couldn't care less. Yes. It's he, like, he's, he's like, smiling. He's like murdering people. He's not even like throwing quips out other than this ain't cranberry sauce. That's right. Constance's catchphrase. The film takes place during Thanksgiving. And yeah, he's just murdering people left and right. He's not passionate. He's not angry about it. He has a sly smile on his face. And as the good twin... You know the difference because he's very meek and he has his hair plastered down. Yeah, the evil twin has like a pompadour. Like it's yeah, very he, well there, there's like a scene where he kind of hair. like you know pumps and you know yeah. preens his hair a little bit. I mean, yeah. everybody's hair is way up in the air. And while we were watching <laughs> the movie, we were like, wait. Does this movie take place in 1987, the year it, it was says, released? It says 1987. I'm looking at it. I'm like, there's no way. Yeah. Like the cars look like they're from the 70s mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But they couldn't afford new cars. And that's because the film was shot in 1983. 1983 and you somehow... think the director was like James Cameron. He's like, I got to get it perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite there. You not don't quite. buy it yet. I got to mold these performances, especially the performance by Louise Lasser. Lasser. Last scene in, I don't know, a Woody Allen film? It was a long time ago. And uh, I think if I can recall correctly reading about how she got this role, she was in a rough place in her life at the time. You know, She looks like she was in a rough place in this movie. Because she plays the mother of the twins, and her performance is essentially, like, on the edge the entire time. I think she looks awful. Uh, she's just like eating food out of the fridge. She's drinking. There's very that one heavily. shot. Yeah, it looks like uh, she kind of finds out like the son has escaped from the asylum. The supposed bad son, which is really the good son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to be like trying to explain face off. It's a real okay, Macaulay Culkin so situation. Nick Cage, Wait, but it's Nick not really Nick Cage. It's yeah, John Travolta. It is kind of confusing. And, and then they're just both play the keeps same cutting back to her, and she's clearly 
has no interaction with any other actor in the movie. So it's just her on her own on the set. Like her voice is blown out. Like and as if they only had one take. She's often out of focus. Yeah. Yes. She's just like on the floor in front of the fridge eating stuffing and, like food into her mouth. Um, compulsively cleaning her house and calling somebody on the phone. Somebody. We don't know. We, I think it's the mental hospital. I mean, maybe sure. the reaction is the um, hair and clothes that she was forced into this film. Yeah. Because... Man, I feel really bad for her when you see her, like, she just looks not good. She's no. frumpy. She's wearing, like, this ridiculous, like, frumpy house gown. Mixed together with her, like, makeup running and yeah. her, like, wheezing and crying. And the her hair time. is in these, like, it tight looks... curls. They're, like, falling out. And then at one point, she takes a shower and she just has wet hair. Well, it looks like we were sort of talking, like, it would cut back to the movie and, like, everything would be happening. And it would just sort of cut back to her in this apartment. Just, just freaking doing out. Doing her own thing. Yeah. Cleaning the oven. Vacuuming the shag rug yeah, she was constantly separate. while drinking like you know mm-hmm. and it was almost like i think she was just drunk constantly and on set they would just shoot this stuff <laughs> they're like louise just go with it we're go just with gonna it because film you we know we're not gonna yeah. get you back for like you know yeah you know yeah. the next day or whatever you so are a woman keep... on the verge of a nervous breakdown go <laughs> classic john cassavetti style <laughs> acting <laughs> And so this movie is just the evil twin walking around, just murdering anybody that gets in his just path. Just gleefully. Yeah. You know what he reminded me of? Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, like sure. Especially the hair. Like, yeah, like not, you know, he doesn't give a shit. a little more low res than that. Yeah, low res. He escaped from the virtual world. Just the fact that he would like, you know, kill someone and like, you know, stand around. He would just casually walk away. like twirl his like He just walks up to people with machete behind his back. Um yeah, they, he's like, what's never, going on? They never catch on. No, they never do. <laughs> There's this one scene where it finally revealed to the last surviving woman in the film. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's go call a hood. And he just like swings a knife. He's like, where are you going? He swings I it, love you. He swings it like a baseball bat. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. So he's pretty much like killing all these people around this like townhouse complex that has this like tennis court in the middle of it. And at some point... The plot actually goes to this tennis court. It cuts to like a tennis like guy. Game just happening. Sort of like instructor teaching this woman in the middle of this murder spree. In the middle of the night, right? Yeah. In the middle of the night in the middle of the murder spree. And this whole movie is so kind of weird like that. Well, Uh, there was actually like three versions of the movie, like I mentioned at the beginning. And some of them had a lot more scenes with the characters hanging out. I see. Especially the teenagers in the film, which in this version... Essentially, they hang out playing football very briefly. <laughs> they have supper, and then they just disappear for most of the film. Wait, but then they, they go and, they Nintendo. go and play video games. <laughs> That's right. I did think though that like they got to the murders really fast. They did, yeah. And- and- they were very gory right off the bat. Which yeah, super gory. Every fucking kill was. Especially yeah. the girl in the forest. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, she gets cut, cut in half. Too. Yeah, that was Holy great. But shit. it was like, okay, let's cut out the stuff of the characters just hanging out because we don't really care about them. Let's just have all the good stuff in there, mm-hmm. and uh, it worked. I would say it worked. So, Colin, what was your favorite part? Well, I got to say the uh, practical effects are yeah. fantastic by Ed French. It doesn't hold back. No, and it's just like it's, like it's not like a Jaws situation where like we're waiting for the big stuff. Give at you the a little end. tease, and yep. then we'll give you something the, right from the get go. It's mm. like the scene at the uh, you know the, the movie theater. Yeah. yeah, the drive-in. The kids, it's like holy shit! It's like blood like, is spraying, axe in, yeah. in the cheek, and it's like spraying. It's just so fucking gory, and then. 
Heads uh, are cut off. Hands are cut off. Hands are cut off. Like, but like, it's so great, and I love the one arterial spray. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, that's like right. a plastic tube. Yeah, you see like the bone. And you know, it's like, yeah. oh, and I, then this one tube just has like, you know, and then the and then the <laughs> evil twin like poses the guy that he murdered to look like he's just oh like yeah, it's there. fantastic. Yeah, so I thought I of that. So it's like it was kind of almost looked like rubber arm, yeah. but they did it in a way that you kind of are just on board. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's not like it's, it looks super realistic. No, it doesn't, but it's just great. But like those axes in the faces at the beginning. Yeah, uh, any yeah. like face injuries. And there's a few. There's a scene Whoa, where two there, people yeah. are having sex in the pool but just, on the diving board. Stuff with cheeks. Yeah, cheeks. Like the cheek fat yes. is just well, really And remember the severed head that was hanging? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. right. Ed that's French, right. it was a special effects guy. Oh, that's that's right. probably why he was played that, that role. Yeah, that was him? He mold his head, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, I mean, my favorite role in the film was obviously Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother, as the as condom salesman. condom salesman. <laughs> that's the true star of the film. Well, I don't know if you've, you're old enough to have gone to uh, drive-in cinemas. Uh, I still go to the one in Oakville, the Oak, uh, okay. Five Drive-In. They have yeah. them now. So when you, uh, when you go to the bathroom... Opens you know, his jacket. Opens his like jacket. And it's like, you know, it's like Trojans. It's like Ramses. It's like, <laughs> Ramses. whoa. He's like, listen, I got condoms on this side. <laughs> I got some lubricant on the other. He just like yeah. reaches in his pocket, just puts it in your hand. I guess that's no before, packaging. that was up before they had machines in bathrooms that you mm-hmm. could buy condoms at. Oh, wait, right. hang on. I know we're joking. We're having a good time here, but <laughs> was condom salesman? Do you guys a go thing? bareback? <laughs> no. Are there really people? Raw dog. <laughs> yeah, that was a Ted Raimi's nickname. Were there really people in bathrooms selling condoms? No, no. there yeah. were not. Okay, there were not. I don't know. This is a guy okay. thing. Guy <laughs> thing. Yeah, I'm gonna. So that I'm was a joke. Squash okay. this joke. No, there there's was pinball not. machines in men's driving bathrooms. Okay. Ted oh. Raimi did not sell condoms <laughs> in bathrooms. On the Arrow Blu-ray, there's an interview with him about his role in Blood Rage. In the interview, says that he was about to leave Hollywood. He had tried to go and do his thing and hadn't worked out. And like the last day before he was going to leave, he got the little role in Blood Rage, and that paid him enough to be able to pay rent. And then suddenly he got another role. And if you look at his credits, he acts a lot. Like he had a big role in like Hercules and Xena. Oh my god! Of course. Yeah. Oh my god! You're right. That was him in Xena. First of all, what was his name? Sam Raimi produced Xena. He did, yeah. That's probably why he oh got the role. Oh my god, you guys are blowing my mind. That? No, I was. I'm just a fan. Bruce Campbell's in Xena a lot. Yeah, he's a ton. He directs. That was before I knew too. who Bruce Campbell was. But right, Sam. Sam Raimi. Raimi was like created. a main character on Xena. No, Ted. Ted, Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi. Yeah. Sam Raimi created Xena. Yes, the two shows. Yes, <laughs> but he oh. did not create Young Hercules. <laughs> Who created that? Uh, And Ted Raimi was also on the show that people watched if they were around at that time and nobody has visited since, Sequest. Sequest DSV. Now, I was always confused because I assumed it was like a second version of Sequest. It was Sequest 1 and then Sequest DSV. Okay, here's here's why you're confused. Yes. Sequest, when it came out, starring Roy Scheider Mm -hmm. uh, from Jaws. Yes. It was a big deal when it came out because the effects were done on uh, Lightwave on mm. the uh, Amiga video toaster. So, like, what would they do? Like, ships and stuff like that? The entire underwater sequences were done. Uh, I'm sure they look like shit. Was it like a CGI? No, I'm telling Underwater you. environment? Oh, yeah. So it, it was looked- more like Jurassic Park, like it still holds up to today? Or did it look well, like reboot? It holds up in that still looks like mm-hmm. 90s TV okay. today. Was yeah. it like Tech War? 
like Cleopatra twenty nine. No, 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 no. But like the thing Le- was Lex. The um, Lex. So, uh, I, I think you worked on Lex. Dark did, Universe. <laughs> but the Sequest pilot was directed by Irvin Kirshner. Oh. Who did Empire Strikes Back, yo. Mm-hmm. And my favorite of the series, RoboCop 2. So, yes. <laughs> that is a lie. I do That's not, not like your RoboCop favorite. Two. Yeah, my so. favorite is Fred Decker's RoboCop 3. Anyway, so it was a great show. It starred and Sam Raimi. Ted Raimi's in it. <laughs> is that how we got off track? <laughs> yes, that's oh Ted my Raimi. god! I have a lot of Ted Lex Raimi. questions. Hey, for Jesus Christ! So wait, okay, hold on. We started with Sam Raimi selling condoms. Yeah, and Ted then we got Raimi. back Ted onto Raimi. like. Oh, sorry, listen. We're talking about their brother Ivan Raimi, the co-writer of Army of Darkness. Yeah, he wrote Army of Darkness. <laughs> and then we're now at, at. I would like some more alcohol, please. Oh my god. <laughs> But anyway, Blood Rage is a good I, movie. I Blood looking. Rage is a good movie. <laughs> now, what's not a good movie is Sledgehammer. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Sledgehammer is an amazing movie. I disagree. Is it, is it so this is a film okay. that um, was the first one that Intervision put out on DVD. They're a label that put like direct-to-VHS kind of oldies usually in the 80s, and they're bringing them back on DVD, giving them special features. They're the company that released Things, a favorite of ours. <gasps> things. Um, a favorite of Yeah, they yours? did Beyond the Seventh Door. They did Phobe. And Sledgehammer is directed by David A. Pryor, the director of Deadly Prey. Now, most people listening to this... Uh, excuse me, Deadliest Prey. That is the sequel to Deadly Prey. That's the Deadly only Prey one is I've the original seen. one. But uh, he's done it. a lot of uh, B movies that are pretty popular, and uh, from what I've seen, much much better than this movie. Although Listen, this is his first movie, we right? all gotta start somewhere. Yeah. And by start somewhere, I mean start in slow motion <laughs> in your <laughs> own apartment. So this is a slasher film. At least that's what I assume when Barely I brought it qualified. to watch. It almost seems like a kind of psychological slasher. Thriller, movie. yeah. Yeah, that's right. We keep saying psychological thriller. Uh, we want to sell not. it to the masses. Oh my so God. this film begins with a woman throwing her son in a, a closet. closet. And then she goes and sees her lover and whoa, somebody shows up with a sledgehammer. Yeah, but it cuts to this closet. For 10 minutes. And it's like a it's slow, slow zoom, push in. A yeah. slow motion for zoom. A get, long get used to that slow motion, time. folks. And then you see the lover get hit in the head with the sledgehammer. Probably the only <laughs> kind of real on-screen gore in the entire yeah, film. Yeah, and it goes right through the head. It's a dummy head. And it looked great. And it really got us excited. You never... <laughs> I'm going to say, you never see anything like that again. But they do play that exact <laughs> shot again later in the movie. They, yeah. just, they just flash back to this whole you scene. You could actually be in the bathroom <laughs> while this while minutes. this scene has is going on it doesn't for 10 matter because it'll still be happening it'll still replay <laughs> or 20 replay, minutes later yeah. in the movie in its entirety so you see a bunch of video generated titles that means that you're getting a homebrewed uh, movie time. It's so funny, sure but it, like it reminds me of like uh, last week's one. Yeah, the- Boarding House. Well, they I believe they both came out in the same year, 1983, which is when Blood Rage was filmed as well. The difference between both of them is that Blood Rage was shot on film with a crew, and this one was shot with David A. Pryor, probably his brother Ted Pryor, and whatever cast and crew that they could wrangle up. Whoa. I mean, the special effects, it says just blood and guts. Yeah. And that stinks of like a name they just oh, made up. Oh, you think that's not like a company? No. It's, it's, it's probably just like effects. Ted Pryor. Yeah, it's just them doing it themselves. And mm. they, like, the entire cast seems like they're 
They're friends. Drunk it's definitely the like a time. friends and family type shoot. Yes. And I mean, Ted Pryor is in the movie. Wait, yeah, Ted Pryor's the brother. <laughs> oh, you mean Ivan Pryor? <laughs> I mean, Deadly Pryor. Oh, you're talking about it. <laughs> yes. So the plot is a bunch of teenagers, and I'm putting that in air quotes, quotes uh, arrive in a van. They're like 35. At this house, aka David Pryor's apartment. And they just hang out and they get drunk. So let's go around right away, because this movie doesn't have much of a plot. It, uh, what was your favorite part, Colin? Ted Pryor's Traps. <laughs> now tell us about Ted Pryor's Traps. What is traps. a trap, uh, Colin? Can you explain it's it to ty- us? It's a type of it's music. Called the, uh, it's called yeah. <laughs> the... Ted Pryor, who has additional music. Yeah. It's true. Trap is a trapezius muscle. It's the one that joins the neck to the shoulder. Have you ever seen like a Tom Hardy movie? Well, also like The Rock. Like, have you seen his well, traps? Rock just has like insane everything. Mm-hmm. It's true. But, but Ted Tom, Pryor. Tom Hardy especially has. It's not just Ted Pryor's traps, though. He is cut. He is cut. <laughs> He's like extraordinarily more built than everyone else in the movie. There is a guy that we were calling like the Viking man who is like very 80s bodybuilder. He's just like really, really big. But Ted Pryor was like cut. Yeah. And he shows up like right chiseled. away with his shirt off. Yeah. Well, his shirt is in his back pocket. <laughs> it's hanging yeah. out his back pocket. And he's kind of like greased up. Like yeah, that. And it's like, dude, why? <laughs> right from the get-go, Ted Pryor shows you, though, that you see him and you go, oh, man, he looks like such a bro. But listen up. Not only does he love to play the guitar, <laughs> but he also loves to take long walks in holy slow shit. motion. Set to flute music. This scene, holy crap. <laughs> This is like the old boy fight scene. It's so long and like epic. It's like one take. It's like it is so one take. Oh, and Ted my Pryor God. just walking with his girlfriend across a field. And this is 10 minutes into the and movie. It's the most, the field it's is the like most, 10 feet long. But it it's the most sensitive music. It's like. And all that the viewer can then, look at is Ted Pryor's back. But then right at the end of the shot, this beautiful romantic shot. Oh, it's like so yeah. golden. <laughs> Nobody like can, flutes. Yeah, nobody can see me miming the flute. <laughs> and then what does he? What does he do? And we gotta we gotta clarify that when we mean slow motion, <laughs> we're not talking about like you're shooting at 120 frames per second. No, no. This is like the blurry. They slowed crummy, it down. Holy crap! We just got video. We can put it's strobies. Yeah, like strobie. They were like inspired it's by Peter Jackson, Wong Kar Wai, Ashes of Time, and. Chunking Express. And anyway, at the end of this scene, he puts his beer can on her head. And we we were just waiting, like, and it's like, growing thing he was gonna do. I I was saying he was gonna like crush a beer can on her forehead. Yep. But after that, you see him playing the guitar. Oh, he's he's playing the. Is he playing the guitar? Yeah, he is. Yeah, that is after that. He still has his shirt off. He's certainly making the thing. Yeah. Look like he plays the guitar. So this movie doesn't even really have a plot because it's just kind of hanging out. And it's like a Robert Altman film that any scene with a bunch of characters, they're all talking over each other. I don't think they had written lines. No. No, there's nothing. And I like guaranteed uh, in most of these scenes, they're they're wasted. Oh, yeah. They 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 look really drunk. So drunk. There's like the sloppiest food fight ever. Holy shit. It's pretty disgusting, actually. <laughs> it's actually, yeah. It's, Which starts it's, with uh, Ted Pryor taking a thing of mustard and putting it on a woman's head. Yeah. Which led me, Colin, and April into a discussion if put some mustard on it was like a real expression. Yeah, Because later, after that scene, she's in the bedroom with the ladies and she's like, he poured a bottle of mustard on my head. I could have killed him. Yeah. They all like seem to be trying to have 
normal, like straight ahead, what we associate with America accents, but they keep slipping into like, yo, I'm walking here. Yeah. 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 And just... also like the women are very beleaguered. They're like, why are you guys being so like, Jerks. Yeah, why are you well, being okay. jerks? Well, the not- one guy like licks the other girl's face. Uh, yeah. They love in both of these movies to like pretend to be dead as a prank. Yeah, that happened in both of these yeah, movies. This in Blood Rage, and it's just like, oh, quit, you know. One of the women says, "Fooling around." One of the women says, "Oh, they're such jerks, but I love them so." And it's like, no, get out of here. Yeah, like, why? Pulling your pants down. Let's yeah, not, they're all fucking let's... assholes who are acting like they're fifteen. They're stepping over the line of. I couldn't believe they're it was basically like, harassing them. We were watching this movie, and I was like, I couldn't believe the levels of bro that these guys were making, it was like I was watching like a Peter Berg movie. <laughs> like, well, I don't know who that oh, is. Are you talking about the classic film, The Rundown? Oh my God. Oh, I love The Rundown. No, but it was just like, bro, on top of bro. Yeah, and and like high talking, fives. Like, yeah. yeah. This yeah. Is, it's, it's like a level of improv where you don't know what to do. So you're yeah. trying to act you, really big. Yeah. And because of that, they're like, oh yeah, man, I'm going to get in like her pants. But that's okay because they start getting murdered an hour and 10 minutes into yeah, the movie? I guess it's an so. hour and 20 minute By movie, like you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so thing. the first sign of something going wrong in this movie is that there's a sledgehammer in the corner. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And it disappears. And we're yeah. like, wait, is it like a ghost sledgehammer? We weren't sure, but it was like it didn't matter. The payoff to this, like, is there a ghost? Is there a murderer? Is there a sledgehammer? Is so matter. unsatisfying what? that it was no, pointless. It's super satisfying. Remember that kid that got locked in the closet? Guess what? He's back. But also, he's like he's a, an adult, a, a rip-off Leatherface guy who wears these cheap plastic <laughs> masks you can get at the Halloween store. He is like nine feet tall. But the mask that he wears as a kid, I guess he has the same mask on, and it only covers half of his face. Yeah, it kind of covers. <laughs> yeah, the lips. I mean, this isn't the thing I liked, but it did look genuinely creepy. All right, wait. What what did you like then, April? <laughs> this is like I'm really like scraping like the bottom of the barrel for this. I've already said but, his um, trap, so you can't. Yeah. You can't I know. I like. Biceps. I mean, I like David Pryor in general. General in this movie. Oh, Ted um, Pryor? Ted Pryor. <laughs> Oh God, this is a real Sam Raimi, Ted Raimi situation. <laughs> I can't remember who's who, but I liked uh, all the freeze frames in this movie. Oh my God. There Every were scenes. a lot. And yeah, it kind of ends frame. with like a freeze frame. Da, da, da. Okay. I Not get, just freeze frames. I can get to the thing that I love the most in this film because it ties a little bit into what wait. April said, which is the sense of time. You know <laughs> okay, yeah. how Albert Einstein said that time is relative? This movie was like being caught in a time loop that it never is. ends. Because like you see a POV shot and like in normal movies, like it would build suspense, right? By like it moving through, getting closer to the person. This one, the suspense was like Michael Snow's wavelength where it's like zooming in really slowly. You're like, all right, right what's happening is something going to come out happens. of this? I'm not 100% sure. And like hands going to doors and like turning knobs. And it takes like two minutes like for a hands. hand to yeah. grab a doorknob. And like not only are they doing it slow, but they've slowed it down. <laughs> oh yeah, they do that like uh, post video like slow down. It's like, so, <laughs> see, I'm not someone who usually likes films that are slow, but this is slow to the point that you pass the barrier of like anything normal. You're not like, oh, that movie was boring. You're like, I'm trapped in space and I can't breathe. Yeah, it's a, it's a very weird... Uh, Nightmarish. It's like yeah. 
It had a nightmarish quality. I'm not going to say that keep, that made it good. They keep cutting back to like outside and it's like a, <laughs> for like a, 10 a really bad. It's a still uh, photograph. It's a, it's of a the bad house. day for night. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we don't know like how many days have gone by. Oh, no, I, like I, this movie I know. seems to take place over a hundred hours. I, I, day, it, night. It seems to be just hey, always Hey, some day. people wear like the same shirts. Yeah. 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 They'll like switch from shirt to shirt. One of the women wear a shirt that could only describe as not having enough polka dots on it. Finally, the film in its final moments breaks down. Like, people are teleporting from room to room. The woman tries to kill the Leatherface ripoff plastic uh, face man oh, yeah, right. by hitting him with a baseball bat, electrocuting him through a doorknob, Home Alone style. It's insane. Yeah, yeah it's and like, it doesn't work. Wah, wah, wah. And then Ted Pryor shows up. David Pryor? A shirtless, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Ted he Pryor shows he up. He rips show his shirt off. His shirt no, on. he doesn't rip his shirt off. We don't know how his shirt just came shows off. His shirt up just came no off. Shirt. We can assume that his ripped off Guys, by himself. Guys, this film, it's not linear. It's like primer. Okay. It's all over the place. It's like so Pryor. The, yeah, the Ted Pryor at the end of the movie <laughs> is actually the Ted Pryor from the beginning. Oh and he God. With no around. shirt. I would believe it. See, he we're just, just trying okay, to make so this more comes out of the future. Yeah. Just... Shirtless. Shirtless and just like, fuck, I'm going to fuck someone up. When he time travels, the shirt like creates friction like the Terminator. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. It just tears off. We didn't point out that about 80 minutes in, I went, wait a minute. Ted Pryor looks exactly like a blonde, Oh my God, like Christian Bale. (laughs) Holy shit. And I could not, could not for the life of me, like. Forget it. Every time you saw him. Yep. Uh, to go back to the whole freeze frame thing, they used transitions in a way to try and keep it a little more interesting from scene to scene. So sometimes there was like, it was like a barn door wipe at one point. <laughs> oh yeah, there it, was. It was a real That's Star right. Wars wipe. But you know what happens when those transitions you know, pop up. And we've talked about this on this podcast before when nothing is happening and just something different happens. We're like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) there were a lot. There was, it was more often than not freeze frame to the point where it was almost like I either don't want to finish shooting the scene or I just need some way to get out of this scene. And, uh, it kind of reminded me of, uh, because I watch a lot of Degrassi, original and next generation. And at the end of every episode, it ends on a freeze frame of character's face. And then the credits come up. And it just made me think, like, what if, like, every scene is, like... An episode? Yeah, an episode. (laughs) And they learned a lesson because it's all, it's like after school special, right? And then they realized that I'm not going to be, like, a dumb jock and take advantage of girls anymore. That's the lesson that he learned at the end of the movie? No, like, in the middle of the movie. Oh, in the middle of the movie. (laughs) After he poured mustard on that girl's head. Well, David Pryor, he does uh, go to his girlfriend and he's like, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. A little bit of... Um, chemistry That's there. Ted well, Pryor. Ted Pryor. Early, oh my God. Uh, Dave Pryor is uh, dead, by the way. Yeah, right. He died. Yeah, but earlier in the out. movie, uh, the girl, earlier in the movie, the girl says to him, like, I thought it was going well, and then uh, we were going to get married. And he's like, I just don't know if I want to get married. And she's like, she goes, but you asked that was me. Your, you asked me. You asked me to get married. And uh, he's like, freeze frame, and then we're out of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Does it end in a freeze frame? I'm pretty. The movie? I mean, yeah. The whole movie? Yeah, it did. I can't remember what it was, but I know it did. This is a movie that, like, obviously, video technology is out. 
They can do all this stuff and it doesn't cost them anything. And that's production value. Freeze frames, transitions, uh, video generated text. Yeah, put it all in. Stuff on the text on video at the time was like fucking insane. Yeah. Obviously, they had no budget. And like we we talked about how Boarding House last week was shot in a porn house. Oh, yeah. This was shot in like. A college person's apartment. <laughs> like, nothing Practically on the wall. empty. There's a table. Clearly. One couch, I think. And it's all white, and there's like nothing on the wall. All that there was was like a Boondock Saints poster. <laughs> And like the poster of the two girls <laughs> kissing in bed. Yeah, like Fight Club and Snatch. Yeah. Um, also, we forgot to mention that there's a seance halfway through this movie, which um, is just an opportunity to show the entire opening again. Yeah. And like, it's not like an edited version of the opening. It's no. just the entire opening. They put like an extra hazy filter on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, to give it extra value. But also like. It gave Ted Pryor a chance to get creepy because yeah. he's like, this is what... Ha-. It's very classic, like, haunted house, like, uh, kids in a cabin slasher thing. Like, this is what happened to the family that used to live here, which is actually just my brother's apartment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it's just telling us stuff that we already know and then showing us stuff that we already know, uh, which was annoying. But at least it added, like, a creepy, like supernatural element that we hadn't exactly seen yet before the disappearing sledgehammer. So like Boarding House, it sounds like you're going to give it four stars out of five. No, I got to say. Five stars out of five. This is the first movie on this podcast that I am not recommending. You know, but what's funny about it is I don't think that we've laughed harder watching a movie than we have watching Sledgehammer. I was laughing out of frustration. (laughs) It was really funny. And like after it ended, Every laugh, you'd go, why isn't this over yet? Yeah, I was just begging this to be over. If Boarding House was packed full of stuff, <laughs> this is its, like, art house cousin. Where, it's like, the exact opposite. N- yeah, nothing happens in it. It's and, true. you know, Sledgehammer is, like, the thinking man's supernatural slasher. Nobody, w- <laughs> nobody was thinking when they made Sledgehammer, except... Uh, <laughs> I want to have a vehicle to show off my brother's uh, hot bod. Do you think that's how it started? He's <laughs> well, like maybe. David A. Pryor's like sitting back and he's yeah, like, Man, he's like, my dude, brother's fucking traps, man. Then why didn't they do something <laughs> like Pumping Iron? Have you, has, like, if anyone's seen his other movies, it's always about TNA in general mm-hmm. and hot girls uh, and then like some kind of lame murder plot. Yeah, he, David Pryor also directed Killer Workout. It's probably his most famous film, yeah. which well, he I made think, a few years after yeah, this. And De- Deadly Prey. Deadly yeah. Prey, and then what was the one with all the girls? Uh, <laughs> I forget what it's called. Uh, where they're like uh, army girls wearing no bras, like running through oh, the woods. Right, right, right. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. David Pryor figured out that it was like action was his forte, and they could yeah. do big, goofy stuff like that. And He kind of moved away from horror as he went out through his career, but Sledgehammer stands as a monument I do think though that like if you are interested in where Ted Pryor came from David Pryor who's the director <laughs> David Pryor David Pryor if you're interested in like where he came from this is his first movie and if you're kind of already a fan or at least you're interested in his work mm-hmm. I would check it out and this would be a perfect movie to program in a pay to leave marathon <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that would be perfect so where can people get Blood Rage 
Um, Blood Rage is uh, available to rent and buy right now on iTunes. Uh, it's the same price to rent and buy it. I think it's five bucks. It's a great deal and it's a really good remaster. Like I said, the first time we watched it was on YouTube and, eh, you know, you just it, it looked really bad. So and this is worth it. Sledgehammer is available, as I said at the beginning of my intro for it, on the Intervision disc. Only available on DVD for obvious reasons. It was mm. uh, shot on video and released on video. So check that out. It's like under 20 bucks, and there's tons of special features. Uh, okay, that about does it for this episode. Uh, you can find us on iTunes at, uh, if you just search No Such Thing as a Bad Movie. If you can, rate and review us. That would be great. And uh, you can also email us at nosuchthingasabadmovie at gmail.com. Send us uh, comments, questions, suggestions of movies, and uh, that would be very nice. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at April Atmansky. You can find me on Twitter at... Declue You can find me on Twitter at Sergeant Zima. Thanks for listening. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. It was called Sequest DSV. Okay. Deep submersive. <laughs> Deep submersive. <laughs> Deep submersive what? Collins, I think he's going to die. What's going on? We're going to make like some dirty jokes? Let, let me redo that again. Okay. Okay. I said deep submersical. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. So uh, basically is like uh, what happened. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's CQS DSV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like deep submersible. You can't say it. <laughs> this is like take vagina. 10 of Colin trying to say Okay, title. I'm just going to say... Diff- yeah. uh, it's basically like deep... <laughs> <laughs> you got to put this all at the end. <laughs> After the music. Okay, okay.